All right, Christmas is right around the corner. And before I get overwhelmed by trying to buy a bunch of things that nobody's going to care about in a couple months, uh, I'm thinking through what my family is going to do to try to focus on Christ during Christmas and and even how do I give a Christmas gift to Jesus, if that's possible. Uh, Right now, I'm looking at a website called hopegivers.org. This is an organization that I have been connected to for uh, almost two decades now, and actually, I will be with in India this Christmas time. Uh, On hopegivers.org, if you click on there, one of the first things that scrolls up is uh, this thing says, now accepting donations for hope chests. A hope chest is a a gift that they give to each orphan in their ministry over Christmas time. Uh, for just $50, each child receives a hope chest on Christmas Day, which includes a new outfit, new shoes, underwear, socks, a blanket, a sweet treat, toiletries, a new Bible, and, and a small toy and gift, as, and, and, as well as a special Christmas meal and a Christmas carnival. I'm going to be in India this Christmas helping giving out these hope chests with my family, and I would love if you would join with us in helping sponsor kids during this time. Maybe that's what you can do special as a family for Jesus over Christmas time. So check out hopegivers.org and uh, look up their hope chest. Maybe that's how you can get involved this Christmas. And thanks for joining us on Let's Parent on Purpose today. This is going to be your parenting podcast. If you want to thrive and not just survive the parenting years, I'm Jay Holland. I've been a parent for a while, been a youth pastor for longer, been a foster parent for some of those. Uh, Let's figure out how to be the best parents we possibly can. All right, today I want to answer two different questions that uh, both revolve around when I should hold my kids out of church or whether it's right or wrong to pull your kids out of church for a consequence for different things or, or uh, special needs. So I've been asked both of these different questions actually in many different ways over time. And truthfully, I've been all over the place in, in thinking about this, uh, some from a youth pastor standpoint, some as a parent standpoint. And maybe I'm far enough along the road to try to give some kind of competent answer. So let me give you a couple different scenarios. We'll walk through each scenario at a time, and then I'll I'll tell you why I picked both of these to answer uh, at the same time at the end. So scenario number one would be my child either did something that they weren't supposed to or they didn't do something that they were supposed to do. And uh, they actually love coming to church, um, probably not because of the amazing youth pastor and the Bible verses, but probably because they like to see friends. Um, but they love coming to church, but I feel like grounding them uh, from church is a consequence or pulling them out of church or youth activities because of a consequence. But I also feel like a terrible parent if I do this. So what's the right thing to do? That's scenario number one. And uh, let me just start off by saying I'm, I don't know your exact situation. So I am replying in general terms which may or may not work for your specific situation. But I have thought about this question a lot, and I've thought about it in a bunch of different ways because by this point I have four kids, and some of them absolutely love coming to all of the church services. Uh, Some of them are indifferent, and some of them just don't want to come. Fortunately, in my case, once they're here, they're fine. But given any Sunday... 
a chance to stay home and not go, uh, they would pick that. And, you know, it's I don't think it's because actually I know they love Jesus, but uh, they just don't like they're a homebody. They, you know, they, they're socially anxious. They would rather play because, you know, one of them is a boy. Um, so one of the things I want to be careful of as far as if, if they're doing bad or they, they've gotten into trouble or they haven't done something they're supposed to, for a kid like that, for a kid that doesn't really care to come to church in the first place, um, I, I want to be very careful of withholding them from church as a consequence, because I think that's one that just might come back to bite me. Um, they they might start to realize that if they get in trouble, they don't have to go. So they'll figure out the things that they can do to not have to go. And um, in, in that case, you haven't given them anything with a sting. Instead, you have rewarded them. So I for that type of child, I would not recommend it. Um, but let's say that it's a scenario whether... You, you need to do something. Maybe they don't like to come to church, but they do like to be around their friends at church. Um, or maybe it's the kid who likes to actually be at church and go to the meetings uh, for, for whatever reason. Maybe they really, really love Jesus, or maybe they really like their friends they're with. Um, first off, you, you don't have to let them go to youth, or you don't have to let them go to kids' ministry. Uh, they can sit in the adult service with you. So they, you know, they're fully capable. If they have ears, they can hear the word of God. And even, let's say they're young, even if some of it is over their head, they God's word does not return void. They can get something out of it. I remember sitting in church services since I was four years old or five years old. And my mom was in the choir, so I, um, I, I didn't always get to even sit with my parents, but I, I sure learned to sit still and be good. And there's, there's some value in that. So maybe one of the scenarios is you, you don't hold them out, um, but maybe you hold them out of their specific age activities. Um, additionally, there, I think there's a difference between the regular meetings and gatherings of the church and then special events and especially retreats and trips and stuff like that. Uh, first off, like age specific church is not a right. It's a privilege and it's a treat. And especially lock-ins, trips, retreats, stuff like that. Those are a privilege. And if and if you can't handle the things at home you're supposed to, then you're not guaranteed getting to go to those things. And and I would affirm if, if your kid uh, is in trouble and you feel like that's the right consequence, then um, I, I affirm you in that. At the same time, you know, we do want to think about the fact that hopefully church and youth and and kids church hopefully that's the most spiritually nourishing time that they're getting with the best crowd of people to be around and one of the things as a parent that that I want is I want as many other wise people speaking into my kids' life as possible. So I want to be very careful to pull out the you can't go to this retreat or you can't go to this camp because those those might end up being life-changing events for them. That might be the aha moment. At the same time, uh, they don't, they're not guaranteed that they get to go. And I'm saying this as, as the youth pastor putting on the retreats and camps and, and events. If they don't do what they're supposed to do, they don't, they don't get to go. Yeah, I had a situation just, I think it was last year, with, with grades with one of my kids. And this is a kid that I knew loved to be at these things. Um, I was like, hey, your grades are this. If they are not 
to this level by this time, then then you don't get to go on this retreat. And I gave them enough time to get their grades up, but it was hard. Like, they really had to work hard. Um, and I would have had to follow through with my word. If they didn't get them up, I would have had to follow through with my word. And it would have killed me. But I, I want them to know that things are not a right, that, that certain things are a privilege. So uh, that's one of those, as far as consequences go, um, you want to walk with wisdom, but I think there are scenarios where you would want to pull them out, um, especially like if, if they're getting into trouble with – like if their partners in crime are the people that they're hanging out with in church. You, you got you to gotta be wise as far as that goes. And, hey, I've even had a couple different times over the course of many, many years where I have uh, asked a student – to leave our youth ministry or not come. You know, one of the regular things I do is I have kids sign sign papers when we go to trips and retreats saying, you know, rebellion and insubordination will result in you not being able to go with us to anything off campus for the rest of the year. Um, and you, know, you try to make the consequences enough where they don't test you on them. And for the most part, that's worked. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's appropriate to pull them out for consequences, but I would use it very sparingly and, and uh, you know, just be very wise on it because you, you, you don't want to remove them from the environments where they're going to be most likely to hear the encouragement of the word. You don't want to remove them from the potential friends and friends groups that are going to be most likely to help them. So you just want to be careful as far as that goes. Uh, the second scenario is a bit different. Um, scenario number two, my child is overwhelmed at school or my child's a slower learner than the others, and they just really need to spend more time focusing on their schoolwork. So should we prioritize school over youth and church activities? This was this was a direct question that I was given by a parent, so I'll do my best to answer it. And and I do say this is a hard question and, and maybe a little more challenging even than the my kid was bad because this is kind of a chronic one. This is a, a long-term question because a slow learner probably isn't going to flip a light switch and all of a sudden be a quick learner. Um, and also because overwhelmed and slow learner means so many things to so many different people. Uh, I have a child who has a number of learning challenges, and we're just on the front end of those, and I can't imagine how challenging school is going to be for them as time goes on. So we're probably going to have to make a lot of hard decisions. Um, at the same time, there are there are parents who kind of look at every excuse to enable their kids for everything along the way, and so I don't know where you are as you're listening to this. Nobody thinks they're the enabler. Some of us are the enabler. Um, so first off, let me just affirm your predicament that, that it, you may very well have a child who uh, has a lot more challenge than the average kid or maybe is taking a much heavier load than the average kid. And so that's, that's a stressor. Um, but number two, let me encourage you to not feel sorry for your child if that's the case. And definitely don't give them permission to feel sorry for themselves or to play the victim through this. Um, and, or, or cry just because things are harder for them. Like, you know, they might have a crying time. But, but, but don't, don't foster pity parties for your kids. 
Because the truth is every single one of us will have to face life scenarios that are harder for us than other people. And if if your child's scenario is that it takes them longer to get things done, um, that work is more challenging for them, then um, instead of it being an excuse, realize that God has given you a tool. Um, the tool is they're going to have to learn to work hard young. And sometimes what happens is kids that are naturally smart and naturally quick, they pick up things so quickly that it's much later in life before they actually hit some kind of brick wall on things that are challenging. And and these kids, a lot of times, just don't have a lot of grit. Uh, they give up very easily once they finally encounter something that's challenging for them um, that they don't get the first time around. So God's giving you a tool with your child of having to develop consistent, regular work ethics. And uh, let me be honest, with my kids that struggle getting schoolwork done, the bigger challenge is me because truthfully, like I've worked and by evening time, I don't want to put the work in <laughs> to get their stuff done. Uh, so really, it's it's kind of like it's a tool for me because I'm having to learn to do things that I don't want to do. I don't want to learn Common Core, but I kind of have to learn Common Core to be able to help my fourth grader with their basic multiplication and division stuff now. Um, So some of it is a tool for me. Like I have to learn to do things I don't want to do so that I can help teach my kids to work through things even if it's not pleasant. Um, So the question, do you prioritize school over youth and church activities? Let me give you another option, uh, and that is prioritize time and task management. Instead of making the priority school or church, Teach your kids time and task management. And the challenging part for this is a lot of us as parents are not great at time and task management. I always say it like this. You think about the president of the United States, and regardless of whether you like the president or not, and this is the case, whether it's Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George Bush, Ronald Reagan, whoever it is, they get 168 hours to do whatever they're doing. So if they're doing a phenomenal job, and you think so, they're doing it all in 168 hours. If they are wrecking the country beyond repair, they're still accomplishing that in 168 hours. Um, Bill Gates ran Microsoft in 168 hours. Tom Brady is the quarterback that he is for the New England Patriots, uh, best quarterback that's ever been. And he does it in 168 hours. So some people just have mastered um, work ethic, but especially time and task management. And so if your child's slower learner, then you really, really want to foster this early in their life. And so what does this look like? Um, Learn to sit down on Sunday evening and make a schedule for the week. Start looking at, okay, what are the things that we have coming up this week? What are the assignments that you know about? And let's block off when are we going to do them. And, And that way, I think the thing that happens if you learn to put things in place in a schedule, you also learn to block free time in a schedule. And and so that way it doesn't feel like I was always doing something because if I know, let's say I know that Tuesday evenings from 6 to 9 I have free time, then I look forward to that free time when it comes and, and I actually enjoy it better. Um, when I'm doing everything by the seat of my pants, I feel like I'm always going. I feel like I'm going nonstop and, and I just get crushed and overwhelmed. So sit down on Sunday morning and block off the week as best you can. Then the other part, and this is the hard parenting discipline, 
learn to get together Friday after school, spend 20 minutes and say, okay, let's get out all of your homework, let's get out all of your assignments, and let's see what we have to have done before we go to school on Monday. You walk through it, you see, okay, let's estimate this is going to take this long, this is going to take that long. And now we block off the time to do it. So maybe we do one hour on Friday night. Maybe we block off a few hours on Saturday. But Saturday is a long day. Look, you're going to have 14 hours in your day Saturday unless you sleep the whole thing away. Um, Sunday, you got a big time too. If you learn to block that stuff off on Friday and Saturday and then some Sunday or, you know, take one of those days fully as a rest day, but you've blocked off the others, there's generally time to, to meet with the church. Maybe in, in, in some circumstances you can't be there for youth and the regular church service. Maybe you can only be there for, for one of them. But generally, it's not that our kids are so overwhelmed with homework that they can't make it to church on Sunday. Generally, it's we haven't prioritized or planned this weekend, and now we're desperate and we're trying to make up for it. So learn to prioritize time and task management. Um, and in that realm, learn to prioritize margin. If your child takes longer to do things, then perhaps you should help them pick just one or two things to do instead of being involved in five to ten activities. Um, if you keep your child pulled in all kinds of directions, you're going to be stressed. They're going to be stressed. They're never going to feel like they're doing things well because they're doing too many things. And, and, and you just live in anxiety. You're setting yourself up to fail. So prioritize margin. If, if they're not quick at doing things, then maybe it's you do school, you do church, and you get to do one extracurricular activity. Um, and so pick what you really love. And if you don't like it, then next semester you can change. Um, but you're probably not going to be get it, be able to be in three clubs and a sport or, you know, this plus a job. So you're going to have to prioritize margin. And then if you do, there's generally time to get stuff done and uh, we just live better. Don't project your own fear of missing out onto your kids. Remember, they're always going to miss out on far more things than they're involved in because there's just more things to do than human possible. Um, and then just, I, I think midweek services may end up being too much. Um, maybe you go to them as you can, but hey, I get it. Uh, kids are taking hard classes. There's a lot involved in them. Sometimes you can't be at everything. And sometimes that midweek service um, might have to be the thing that is that is sacrificed. Um, maybe not every week, but maybe it's one of those, like you get your homework done, you get to go. Now, I say that as the youth pastor, um, so it will make me really sad if everybody stays home every Wednesday night. Um, but I understand as a parent, you, sometimes you can't be at everything, so you have to prioritize. And uh, the way schools load kids down, I think these poor middle schoolers that don't get home from school, at least in, in our area, until 4.30 or later, um, it's really hard sometimes to get your schoolwork done and, and get to church. So. Yeah, you, you can't do everything. You can't be at everything, even every spiritual thing. Uh, hey, the wrap-up that I would have where I would say that these two kind of intersect is, is just the encouragement that ultimately your youth pastor or your church, they are not the primary spiritual shepherds of your kids. You are. So if for, for some circumstance or for some reason um, you have to hold them out of church or they can't they can't make it for whatever reason, um, be the church. You know, spend some time together on, on Sunday. Make it the Lord's Day. 
block off some time and be together and do a Bible study together. Spend some time in worship together. If if you're not a singing family, remember worship isn't just singing songs. Maybe have an extended time of what I'm thankful for and and praise. Um, if if you know, spend time in prayer. Uh, do these things because the Lord is with you. And remember, Jesus once said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there with them. So uh, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing uh, scenario. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. If for whatever reason you can't make it to church, then um, remember that you are the church and have a time of wor- worship and fellowship together. Hey, it may end up being the best service you, you could possibly go to that week. Wouldn't wouldn't necessarily suggest that you, you skip all the rest because of that. Um, but every once in a while, it might be really special, really unique, and really helpful to the whole family. All right, I hope that's helpful and uh, doesn't lay another law on you because you're certainly not going to be in any better graces with God if you're living in guilt instead of in grace. Uh, This is Let's Parent on Purpose, Ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. Check us out at covenantfellowship.com and come join with us if you don't have a church family of your own. Uh, You can check out uh, archives and blogs of this podcast and written stuff at letsparentonpurpose.com. Give me feedback. Let me know what you want us to cover and uh, ways that you've been able to shepherd and navigate some of these issues. I want to remind you, this is Jay Holland. Thanking you so much for joining us today and telling you, hey, this is a marathon, not a sprint. You're not going to get it all right right away, but uh, keep at it and your kids will be just fine. We'll talk to you soon.